Preface by Gary DeMar Why the reduction of Christianity? There are at least three reasons. First, defensive necessity. Second, to set forth a positive agenda for Christians to influence their world with the lifelong transforming effects of the gospel. And third, to show that as we approach the end of the 20th century, the full purpose of God has been reduced to a shadow of its former glory. Let me reflect for a moment on this third point, which accounts for the title of this book. Dave Hunt, to whom we are responding, has brought to light a real problem by exposing the demonic side of the New Age movement. It is a widespread and culturally accepted revival of paganism. Eastern mysticism is no longer counterculture, as it was in the 60s, but mainstream culture. The New Age movement needs to be confronted and battled. Mr. Hunt has provided much valuable ammunition to help Christians deal with New Age seduction. In order to battle the New Age, however, we must have a full arsenal, and it is in this respect that we differ from Mr. Hunt. He has discerned a problem, but has no solution. In fact, one of the thrusts of his books is that there really is no solution. He sees no way to combat a growing cultural malaise because he is operating with a reduced gospel and a reduced Christianity. Hunt has no comprehensive Christian view of life to offer. He has no philosophy of historical progress rooted in the sovereign operation of the Spirit of God. And he cannot motivate Christians to action because he believes that there is no hope of comprehensive earthly success for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, he has robbed the Christian faith of much of its breadth, depth, and power. Mr. Hunt is not alone in this. In fact, all those who interpret the present cultural collapse as a sign of the end side with Mr. Hunt. Their reduction of Christianity is no match for the New Age humanism. In this book, we will provide the outlines of a solution, a comprehensive Christianity, one for which the New Age is no match. The Background of Reduction I do a number of seminars each month on a variety of topics from abortion and economics to the Constitution and education. So many people had questions about the New Age movement, Dominion theology, Kingdom theology, and Christian Reconstruction, and I have had to spend so much time trying to define terms that I was often unable to get to the substance of my seminars. I decided that the reduction of Christianity needed to be written when I received a phone call from a concerned Christian who wanted me to present a seminar to clear up some of the confusion that many of her friends were experiencing about the philosophical relationship of Dominion theology, Christian activism, and New Age humanism. It seems that Dave Hunt, the author of The Seduction of Christianity, 1985, and Beyond Seduction, 1987, had just been in town. He had maintained that any attempt to effect social change was doomed to fail because all Christians will see a great apostasy that will signal the appearance of the Antichrist. In fact, it almost sounded as if any attempt to change the world for the better was playing into the hands of the Antichrist. My caller asked, How could Christians reconcile their interest in stopping abortion, changing present political policies, mandating lower taxes, establishing Christian schools, helping the poor, and a whole host of other so-called worldly concerns with the belief that there is no hope of changing anything long-term. It seems that everybody is asking the same question. Pre-tribulational dispensationalist author Dave Schinnetiger asks it. Gary North and other post-millennial Christian reconstructionists label those who hold to the pre-tribulational rapture position 
pietist and cultural pessimist. One reason these criticisms are so painful is because I find them to be substantially true. Many in our camp have an all-pervasive negativism regarding the course of society and the impotence of God's people to do anything about it. They will heartily affirm that Satan is alive and well on planet Earth, and that this must indeed be the terminal generation. Therefore, any attempt to influence society for Christ is ultimately hopeless. They adopt the pietistic platitude, You don't polish brass on a sinking ship. Many pessimistic pre-tribbers cling to the humanist version of religious freedom, namely Christian social and political impotence, self-imposed, as drowning men cling to a life preserver. This writer understands the issues. Christians are starting to talk, walk, and act like humanists. The humanists do not want Christians involved in the affairs of this world, and neither do many popular Christian writers. Christian social and political impotence rules the day and is advocated by Christians and humanists. I never thought I would see the day when Bible-believing Christians would be lining up with people for the American way, but it is happening. Of course, the reasoning is different, but the results are the same. Humanists rule while Christians reduce their influence in the world. Unjustified Fears Arguing that Christians should be worried that the Antichrist is just around the corner is a very strange argument. Why? Because pre-tribulational dispensationalism has always taught that the Antichrist is supposed to come only after the rapture. First, the rapture, then the Antichrist, and finally, the tribulation. Dispensational theologians have always maintained that the Antichrist will come to power only after the rapture. Hal Lindsey wrote these words in his best-selling book, The Late Great Planet Earth. There would be no earthly advantage in being alive when the Antichrist rules. We believe that Christians will not be around to watch the debacle brought about by the cruelest dictator of all time. So why is Mr. Hunt going around the country warning Christians about the imminent appearance of the Antichrist? Why bother ourselves about the Antichrist? If pre-tribulational dispensationalism is true, not one Christian alive today will be around to identify the Antichrist, let alone serve him. All Christians will be raptured before Antichrist makes his appearance. This is why Hal Lindsey warns that we must not indulge in speculation about whether any of the current figures is the Antichrist. It is just one more non-existent problem for Christians to worry about. Gary North writes, This needless fear of the Antichrist is paralyzing Christians. Required fear of God. God tells us to serve as prophets who are required to confront a sinful civilization with the ethical demands of God's covenant. But the Jonas of this age are too busy packing their trip to the heavenly Tarshish. Antichrist fever is being added to rapture fever. This misguided belief in the power of the Antichrist certainly puts a damper on any long-term program that expects success in turning back the tide of evil in our society. Of course, we want to be faithful to Scripture, and if Mr. Hunt is correct, we shall have to change our views. But if he is wrong, then we must sound a different warning to the church. A warning to wake up and get busy with the work at hand. The Advance of Christianity Question. Is it possible that the Bible teaches that the gospel will have worldwide success, that nations will be discipled, and that we will see the word of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea before Jesus returns in glory to rapture his saints? Isaiah 11.9 but even if it were not possible, 
Is it possible that the Antichrist will come to power before the rapture? Pre-tribulational dispensationalists have always said no until Mr. Hunt came along. The tragic thing is this. Well-meaning dispensational Christians upset themselves about a problem that the leading teachers of dispensational theology have always insisted is not a problem at all. They are worried about something that is a non-event as far as pre-tribulational dispensationalism is concerned. The Christian Legacy The reduction of Christianity is not designed to be negative, although it may appear that way to many readers. While we do disagree with a number of people on a variety of issues, our goal is to present a biblical and historical case that throughout church history, there have been many Christians who believed that the world could be changed and had been changed through the preaching of the gospel and the application of the word of God to every area of life. In this sense, The Reduction of Christianity is a hopeful book. It was hope that motivated the great missionary enterprises of the last few centuries, a hope that has been reduced in light of prophetic speculation. A hope which led to such worldwide results is surely worth examining. In the light of history, we can hardly say that matters prophetic are too secondary to warrant our attention. The fact is that what we believe or do not believe upon this subject will have continual influence upon the way in which we live. The greatest spiritual endeavors and achievements in the past have been those energized by faith and hope. By comparison, how small are our efforts? And can we disregard the possibility that this stands related to the smallness of our anticipations and to the weakness of our faith in the promises of God? Christians affirm that Jesus sits on the throne, ruling from heaven. They affirm that the Holy Spirit is working effectively on this earth. This means that the devil's kingdom is in constant disrepair. The church has believed these doctrines since the dawn of the gospel. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Amen. Romans 16, 20, 27. But today's Christians no longer shout Amen to Paul's prophetic word. It is only since the people of God have believed the lie of the devil that the church is impotent in history, that the church has ceased to be salt and light to a world that has the stench of moral and cultural decay and the darkness that comes from spiritual blindness. Rather than trying to convince Christians of a new position, we will attempt to show them that there are other positions that try to be equally faithful to Scripture. Mr. Hunt's books leave the impression that his view is the only view that the church has ever believed. R.J. Rushdoony writes, One of the intellectual curiosities of the 20th century is the unwillingness of scholars and Christian leaders to admit the existence of a major school of biblical interpretation. Although postmillennialism has a long history as a major and perhaps the central interpretation of biblical eschatology, it is summarily read out of court by many on non-biblical grounds. According to Merrill F. Unger, This theory, largely disapproved by the progress of history, is practically a dead issue. This note resounds in the critical literature, the appeal not to scripture but to history, to read postmillennialism out of court. The question must also be raised, history as interpreted by whom? How can a Christian speak of the progress of history and not also affirm the progress of Christ's church, creeds, missions, Bible translating, and electronic communications? Where does this progress of history come from? From Satan? 
from evil doing? Surely it must come from the healing effects of the gospel and history. Surely it must be the work of the Holy Spirit. While this book tries to persuade, it also has a broader purpose, to help Christians understand what other brothers and sisters in Christ believe. Before we hurl theological stones at one another, let us first try to understand what we believe and why we believe it. We may all learn something in the exchange. Yes, a new age has dawned. This new age began with the entrance of the King of Glory into history. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Luke 2.10.11 This new age was extended when he died, rose again, and ascended into heaven. It reached us Gentiles through the power of the Holy Spirit that was first displayed at Pentecost. Yet there are many Christians who are so worried about a satanic imitation of the New Testament's New Age that they are afraid to even think about the transformation Christ's work and the Holy Spirit have produced. They act as though they believe that Christ's New Age is only a shadow of the so-called New Age movement. They forget Christ's announcement. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, Matthew 28:18. Though we have endeavored in this book to be fair to Mr. Hunt and others, and have avoided inflammatory rhetoric, this book necessarily has a somewhat negative tone because it is predominantly a response to and critique of another man's theology. Thus, we must stress at the outset that our purpose is not to divide further the grievously divided Church of Jesus Christ. We consider Mr. Hunt and other critics of Dominion Theology and Christian Reconstruction mentioned in this book to be brothers in Christ. We hope and pray that this book will promote further discussion of the issues that Mr. Hunt has raised and thereby contribute to the strengthening of the Church of our Lord Jesus Christ.